I hope you are enjoying our podcast, and just know that I love to hear from you. You can email me through our website at michaelberryshow.com, and I read everyone, and I, I try to respond to everyone. I'm also appreciative that you support our sponsors. Our sponsor, our presenting sponsor for our podcast, it makes this all happen, is Gallery Furniture, Jim McInville. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give you a cell phone number, 281-844-1963. Say, hey, Mac, thanks for sponsoring Michael Berry's podcast. It's that time. Lock and load. The Michael Berry Show is on the air. I like to think of Jesus like with giant eagle's wings and singing lead vocals for Leonard Skinner with like an angel band. And I'm in the front row and I'm hammered drunk. I just want to celebrate another day of living. I just want to celebrate another day of love. We don't have defective cans, we have a defective fight slot there. He hates these cans. Stay away from the can! I just want to celebrate, yeah, yeah, another day of living, yeah, I just want to celebrate another day of life. The fellow playing first base for St. Louis. Who? The guy on first base. Who is on first? Well, what are you asking me for? But the sun is shining down on me and it's here to stay, that's why I'm telling you I just want to celebrate, yeah, yeah, another day of living. What makes you think she's a witch? Well, she turned me into a newt! A newt. We got better. Oh, I just want to celebrate another day of living. I just want to celebrate another day of life. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Laura? Hi, honey. What are you doing? Uh, swimming. Yeah, my back was uh, killing me, and uh, yeah, I, I thought, you know, a good hot swim loosen up the muscles. Why go to the car, get the bathing suit, jump right in, and it's exhilarating. And guess what, honey? This person here was uh, here. I didn't see this person, so I uh, I screamed. That's why I yelled. I'm surprised. You can imagine, can't you, honey? Bud Light sales are still down over 30%, and we're beyond half a year since they hitched their wagon to the trans cause and Dylan Mulvaney. You know, the man who dresses not like a woman, he dresses like a little girl. That should raise suspicion. He doesn't, he's not a man who wishes he was a woman. He's a man who had all these schemes for what he was going to do as a gay guy. Then he decided he would claim he was a woman, except. He doesn't pretend to be a woman. He pretends to be a little girl who wants to be a princess. This is the behavior of a 10-year-old girl, not a grown woman. And by the way, he clearly didn't take any physical measures to change his body style. This is all a grift. It's all a hustle. But lots of people were already ready to support something like this this isn't really about anything they claim it's about in the first place. All the while, making little cutesy songs about things like his bulge. His bulge. Yep. 
Day 74 of being a girl, round of applause for the makeup. And I wore this outfit shopping today and I thought that these might be my new shopping shorts, but I was walking around and everyone was staring and I was like, oh, okay, what's going on? And they were all staring directly at my crotch. And I went, oh, I forgot that my crotch doesn't look like other women's crotches sometimes because mine doesn't look like a little Barbie pocket. And I thought, okay, Dylan, you have some options here. Number one, you can stop wearing clothes that fit like this and, and just find looser fitting items. Number two, I can do a tuck, which is going to have to be a whole other video, but it's very painful and involved of a... Or number three, I just normalize it and I wear clothes like this and we all just normalize women having bulges sometimes because we're coming up on bikini season, baby, and you might see a bulge or two. So normalize the bulge. We are normalizing the bulge. Women can have bulges and that's okay. We're not gonna stare at their crotches while they're wearing their little shopping shorts at the mall. Oh, thank you. Love you. Bye. The Bill Gates Foundation has purchased $95 million worth of stock in Anheuser-Busch. Days later, that investment was down over 2%, about $2 million. I guess they didn't call Dan Bongino for investment advice. Never buy this crap again. Ever. They're done. They are done. Here, listen to yourself. Knowing what you know now, if you could go back, would you send this can to this one person again? There's a, a big social conversation taking place right now, and big brands are right in the middle of it. And it's not just our industry or Bud Light. It's happening in retail. It's happening in fast food. And so for us, what we need to understand is deeply understand and appreciate is the consumer and what they want, what, what they care about, and what they expect from, from big brands. So did you get that? If your answer is no, because he didn't answer the question, even the host of the liberal show knows he didn't answer the question. So here's part two where he says, well, you just you didn't answer my question. You Would you run the can again, run the ad campaign again with Mulvaney, knowing what you know now that you cost your company billions and alienated most of your audience? He, chance two, here's answer or not answer number two. This is part of why you're getting it from all sides, because I asked you, would you do it again? And people on the on the trans rights side of things, supporting that community, want you to say, yes, of course, we want that fortitude. Uh, and, and people on the right would criticize you for saying yes. So where are you on the issue? I mean, was this a mistake? You know, we, uh, Bud Light has supported LGBTQ since 1998. <laughs> Justin said it right. His own three strikes. Right. Too sure. Wait, this is not... There's already been a first strike, right? The sum of all fears time, right? There's already been a 10th strike. We've given this guy, this company now, what now? A month? Joe, what's it been? A month? Six weeks? I don't even know. Month, we, yeah. This guy's had a month to clean this up. And he still can't say, listen, it was a mistake. Well, here's the, how do you know it was a mistake, sir? Because the liberals are going to ask him that. Well, because $9 billion or whatever worth of my company's value is wiped out and nobody's buying our beer anymore. Uh, I'm selling beer, bro. It was obviously a mistake. It's not a hard answer. This isn't difficult. These people are like from another planet. Do not touch this stuff. Do not go near this stuff. Boycott it and make an example of these people. When this guy comes out with a full-throated apology for jamming, jamming sexual identity politics 
down your throat when all you want to do is drink a freaking beer, then you can go back. I'm not going to tell you, Ken. You do your own thing. Screw these guys. They don't deserve it. And why even go on the show if you're not going to answer the question? Just shut up. Man, alive. You need business advice? Come on over. I'll talk to you for a little bit. I'm kidding. Don't knock him. I have nothing to do with you. And I guess Brendan still hasn't learned from his mistake in elevating fake American heroes. Here's to you, fake American hero. Fake American heroes. Today, we salute you, crazy woke ad lady. You're a crazy woke ad lady. Only you can take an American institution and burn it to the ground. Burn it down like a Marxist. That's right. You knew just what to do to bring up those sales. It's the way we've always done it. Transgender in a can. Transgender's in a can. People said it was probably a bad idea, but who are you to listen to people? Probably don't even have a pronoun. So keep it going, woke ad lady. The destruction of civilization is right there at your fingertips. And not even a good drag show for kids can stop you now. Fake American heroes. I said, arrest me or take me to Texas. Because I'm ready to get out of this state. I think Michael Berry rocks. The Michael Berry Show. I like it. I was arguing with this lady yesterday about what was the nastiest soda water they ever made. And I said it was Tab. And then she said, no, it was Fresca was nasty. I asked her, do you remember Diet Riot Cola? <laughs> Ooh. I like me some purple Kool-Aid. Uh-huh. Do you remember Pepsi Clear? It was Pepsi soda water, but it wasn't no color on to it. Ooh. I know, it was ignorant. My doctor say eight gallons of water every day. No, he was talking about your bathtub, baby. Not, oh, I get emails from across the country asking why the Republicans teamed up with the Democrats to try to impeach our Attorney General, Ken Paxton. They were defeated because the grassroots got very, very involved and the Senate acquitted him. But a big part of that was the fact that Ken Paxton filed a lawsuit against Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin in the United States Supreme Court the states that exploited the COVID-19 pandemic to justify ignoring federal and state election laws and unlawfully enact last-minute changes which skewed the results of the 2020 general election. He gave this speech at the Heritage Foundation Leadership Summit, but this is what made them so upset. I can tell really one quick story that will sum up the issues that we are struggling with as it relates to election fraud in my state and I believe across the country. So in Texas, we have very specific laws about how you can do mail-in ballots. And I can talk about voting machines, all kinds of different ways that election fraud occurs, but the one that I know happens very significantly, at least in my state, and I think across the country, is mail-in ballots. And our legislature passed, when I was in the Texas House, we passed a photo ID law. It's been very effective uh, because when you have to show up with a photo ID, 
it, it works pretty darn well as opposed to showing up with a utility bill. And it's interesting because the argument has been that, that, that that's discriminatory. Now, as we all know, to check into this hotel, you had to show a photo ID. To get here on a plane, you had to show a photo ID. Pretty much everything you do, and no one looks at it as discriminatory or illegitimate, except when you vote, for some reason, the argument is that's discriminatory, even though we all have to provide the same thing. Well, fortunately, in Texas, we passed it, and it, it has been, it's been over a decade. It's been very successful. And despite the claims that, that voter participation would go down, voter participation has gone up because people trust the system. They're more likely to go vote. It seems very reasonable, and it's actually worked very well. It works very well in states that require photo ID. If you do not have that in your state, you have a high risk of, of voter fraud. So in Texas, there are very specific, and I think this is true in other states. Now, I'm not talking about California or Oregon. I'm talking about states that actually care about election integrity, like Utah, Senator. Um, we require that you can only mail in ballot for certain reasons. You have to be disabled. You have to prove that you're out of town. You have to have um, over 65, or you are in prison, but you're not a felon. Only reasons you can do. Th those are still pretty broad reasons for, for voting by mail. So when you vote by mail, and I want to explain this, some of you might know this, but it's really important to understand this because the argument is you guys can't prove fraud. And guess what? The other side, because of the way they do this, is absolutely correct. Because when you typically mail out a mail-on ballot, you have, to, you have to request by application, you sign that mail-on ballot and say, I need this mail-on ballot because I'm over 65 or I'm going to be out of town. And you send it in and they send you a ballot. You, you vote, you stick your ballot into an envelope, you sign that envelope, and you send it back in. And they don't have a photo ID, but they can compare signatures. That's what they do. It's called signature verification. It is not ideal. It is not the most safe process, but it is something. And it, 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 it works okay. Well, what happened during COVID, and it happened in my state, and I want to tell you that story because it, I, think it, I, I think we were able to stop what other states didn't see or didn't try to stop. We ended up having judges in about 12 different counties basically ignore our state law and say, no, because of COVID, we're not going to follow state law. And by the way, these were all very liberal counties. This was Travis County, which is Austin, Harris County, which is Houston, Bear County, which is San Antonio. They decided they would just mail out ballots to everyone. Well, that means in Harris County, we're talking about close to two and a half million ballots. In Travis County, over a million ballots. In Bear County, over a million ballots. Donald Trump won our state by 620,000 votes. And so we realized that we had a huge issue. We had 12 lawsuits, all in the worst counties, all with judges that were going to rule against us, including the Court of Appeals in each area. And I, all I could do was say, wow, what a genius strategy by whoever put this together whether it was George Soros or somebody else, somebody thought this up because it was too well organized and it was, it was a drain on our resources because we were having to fight in all of these different counties. And I had to go to my team, my legal team, very good. And by the way, the, the, the win wasn't 75% against uh, the federal government, it's more like 80. I just want to correct that. Um, <laughs> so I have a very good legal team and I said, look, we cannot lose a single case. We have 12 cases. If we lose one case, they win. I said, it's a genius strategy. We are in liberal courts where we're going to lose. We're in courts of appeals where we are going to lose. It doesn't matter what the law says. And if we lose, if we can't figure out how to win all of those cases, we're going to lose the state. And so we, we went after it. And we had to maneuver around our courts of appeals who were trying to hold up. Travis County was trying to hold up until the ballots got mailed out a decision on the merits of the case. And so if that happened, if the, if the ballots go out, the genie's out of the bottle and we lose. 
game over. Texas legislature very likely turns Democrat. Some of the Supreme Court members, four of them are up. We lose four of the nine. We're in trouble. And very likely Donald Trump loses the election. So I called the president in May and I said, hey, you need to know this. I said, I don't have time to deal with other states, but very likely you're, you've got a very good chance of losing Texas by mail-in ballot. He goes, there's no way I lose Texas. I, I won by nine points. I said, yes, but if they have a chance to mail out all these ballots, and I said, I've got 12 cases, if I don't win every single one of them, I have a feeling you will lose. If Harris County can send out two and a half million ballots, they will just count ballots until they get to the right number. Because when those ballots get mailed out, we don't know who sends them in because there's no signature verification. Anybody can sign those ballots. They can grab as many of them as they want, send them in, claim that they're legitimate, and we can't prove that they're not. And so there's nothing we can do. So you better hope that I win. And I said, the reason I'm calling you is not to tell you about the trouble I have in Texas. The reason I'm calling you is because I'm worried that this is going on in other states. And so I can't deal with other states. I can't deal with wherever this is happening, but I'm guessing if it's happening in Texas and it's such a significant strategy that I can plainly see in front of me, it's gotta be happening nationwide. So I went on my business and in the end, we fought these people. We had some very creative ways of getting around and we had to try maneuvers we'd never tried before to get to the Texas Supreme Court because four of them were up. And I was hoping that if we could get to them, they would see that they were in trouble. And so we filed this thing called the mandamus of the local district clerks, never been tried that I know of. And we mandamus the district clerks in each of those counties they were, where they were trying to mail out the ballots directly to the Supreme Court saying, hey, this is an emergency. We also found our way to the Fifth Circuit. And fortunately, the court took it, totally novel way of getting to them, and they ruled in our favor. And we, one by one, we won all 12 of those lawsuits. And so what happened on election day? I'm sitting there watching the election results, and for the first time in my life, election counting stopped in numerous states, particularly, obviously, battleground states. And it was very clear to me, I knew immediately what was going on, it was very clear to me that what they were doing. They were figuring out how many real votes they had, just like they would have done in Texas, and they were just going to count as many mail-in ballots, because you don't know where those mail-in ballots came from. There's no way to prove that they came from the person that supposedly signed it. And so when I saw what happened in all of these states, and I'll give you an example, Georgia. Georgia, if you go back four years prior to that election when Trump won, the margin of victory in Georgia was the same as it was in Texas, almost exactly, same demographics. This time, Trump won by almost 9% in Texas, and he lost Georgia by, what, whatever it was, 40,000 votes? 12,000. How did that happen? Well, guess what? They decided to sign a consent decree that said that they would accept mail-in ballots with no signature verification, mail-in ballots that weren't following state law, and drop boxes. I can tell you what's going to happen when that happens. You're going to lose because there's no, there's no ballot security for those, for those votes. In the words of George Bernard Shaw and the words that were taken by Robert F. Kennedy, these children speak Chinese and Spanish. The Michael Berry Show. People say I'm no good and crazy as a loon. There are a lot of things that we really love here on the Michael Berry Show. Houston, which goes without saying. Texas, well, you know that. Thank you to Mattress Mac for sponsoring our podcast and our show and for believing in the message we preach here 
every day. If you would, if you need, you need to buy a bed, you need furniture, solid wood, American-made furniture uh, delivered today, go see Mac at Gallery Furniture. And if you don't need it anytime soon, send him a text and say, hey, thanks for supporting the Michael Berry Show podcast. 281-844-1963. Yeah, that's his number. 281-844-1963. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The greatest American band of all time, Leonard Skinner. Leonard Skinner, without a doubt. Elvis the greatest artist of all time, old stuff, old people, old TV shows, old commercials, old educational videos that they used to play in school, old cars. A listener sent this in, and we just loved it because it is old. It's a snapshot of a simpler time. It's a 1960s driver's ed video from General Motors. The best part is, it was shot in Houston. I hope you enjoyed as much as we did. It's one of those things that if you listen carefully, you'll see the layers of the onion peel back. You think about the fact that these people didn't imagine having a cell phone or a computer on your desk or the world we live in today. Little things and how life would have been different. How, how, how is life different? Oh, I don't know. When you're sitting in a restaurant, you'd have to talk to the person across from you. If for no other reason, there's nothing else to do. <laughs> you didn't have a phone to occupy your thoughts. You talk to the other person because you had nothing else to do. And it's as simple as that. You know, somebody sent me an email saying, you know, isn't it interesting to imagine that dinosaur fossils were not discovered until the 1800s? So George Washington would have never known about them. I mean, that's incredible. Of course we know about them today. But in the relatively recent history, that's George Washington, he didn't. And how could he have? All right. It is, uh, it's a two-part. Hang in there with us. It's the General Motors driver's ed, and it was done in Houston, which we thought made it very cool. We drivers, all of us, are an important part of the world's greatest system of transportation. A remarkable fact about this vast and efficient private transportation system is that it works so successfully with such a minimum of control. We drivers ourselves make all the operating decisions to keep it running smoothly. And with no need for timetables or dispatchers, we ourselves decide where and when and how we want to travel. In this amazing system, the decisions we make as individuals must fit with the decisions of many other drivers of all ages and descriptions, driving all types of cars and trucks to all kinds of destinations. And we drivers 
have all kinds of viewpoints. Most of us agree that to be safe, we need to consider every driving maneuver in terms of what it might do to the other fellow, as well as what the other fellow might do to us. We need to understand the changing relationships between the car we are driving and the cars ahead, behind, and to the sides. This is not always easy. Even in cars that are built to be safe, and even when we have the best intentions to drive safely, we sometimes have trouble getting the right viewpoints for safety. For example, we see through the windshield of our car doesn't always give the true picture. We may be so interested in what's going on up ahead that we forget to look out behind. We may be in a hurry and be satisfied with a viewpoint like this, driving too close to the car ahead with no margin for safety. We may have trouble remembering the other fellow's viewpoint. If so, we'll soon find out what he thinks of us. Our viewpoints don't necessarily match. Is the man ahead an inconsiderate road hog? Or to his way of looking at it, is he just playing it safe in the middle of the road? It all depends on the viewpoint. What a difference it might make in our driving if we could have a bird's eye viewpoint or a whirly bird's eye viewpoint. We'd get a new and different look at things to see how our driving affects everyone else on the road. From this new viewpoint high overhead, we could see the results of bad driving manners improper and dangerous maneuvers. The helicopter view would also help us to see how advanced planning and courtesy make all the difference. How getting into the correct lane for turning or stopping lets the other fellow know what we're going to do. And what about tailgating? With this sky view, even the habitual tailgater would drop back to give himself more room. He'll be glad to have that margin of safety if the man ahead suddenly changes speed or direction. Some of us have not yet discovered how to use modern freeways and expressways with confidence and safety. For example, there's the problem of entering a fast-moving stream of traffic. From the air, we see that it's a mistake to try to force our way into the flow, especially if we aren't moving fast enough to keep out of the way of oncoming cars. From the whirlybird, we see that the right way to enter the moving stream of traffic is to stay in the acceleration lane until our speed matches that of the other cars and we can merge smoothly into line. In other words, don't squeeze in, ease in. 
Our aerial look at things again shows us how to get off the freeway. We watch the signs, make our plans in advance to be in the right lane at the right time. Then we maintain speed until we're completely clear of through traffic. The Michael Berry Show. The place where woke goes to die. I could be holding you tonight. I could quit doing wrong and start doing right. You don't care about what I think. Think I'll just stay here and drink. Hey, putting you down won't square the deal. At least you know the way I feel. Hey, take all the money in the bank. You know, Michael Bear pride himself in always showing up to work. You know, he never missed a day of work. He always, no matter what he did the night before, he show up. But this damn coughing and hacking is ignorant. How we know you don't have H2N5 influenza, avian bird flu or something up in here trying to give everybody yellow fever and tuberculosis and the plague, baby? Cause somebody please get that man a cough drop up in here. Lord. Here's the rest of the 1960s driver's ed video from General Motors that was filmed in Houston. And maybe you don't like this stuff, and this is your tune-out factor today. I apologize. We love this stuff. This is part of being a variety show instead of just a political show. But here you go. Here we can see how the slowpoke who lags behind the general flow of traffic causes confusion. He delays and irritates other drivers. If he could see himself as others see him, the slow driver would move over where he belongs the lane reserved for slower traffic. Sometimes our fine roads, high-performance cars, give us the impression that we're really flying low. This is likely to happen on long stretches of freeway where we tend to lose our sense of speed during sustained fast driving. Speed may be quite all right for a helicopter, But in an automobile, excessive speed can quickly get us into situations that are hard to handle. That's one way to get out of a tight spot. While we're airborne, let's go around again for another look at the trucks. What we didn't see at first was the hidden danger the other car pulling suddenly into the passing lane. When our speed is too high, we may not have time to react safely when hidden danger is revealed. Reasonable speeds will let us keep control in any emergency. And on super highways, it pays to be super safety minded. We drivers often need to make quick decisions when we see the light ahead flash to yellow. Before we decide whether to stop, suppose we could hold the caution light while we study the situation. It doesn't seem likely that we'll have trouble with that truck. 
But then we realize the danger of there being another car, partially hidden, with its driver all set to leap ahead the instant the light changes in his favor. The more clearly we can visualize the possibilities, the easier it is for us to make the safe decisions. At a stop street, for example, a clear road ahead might tempt some of us to coast on through. What if we had an overhead view like this? With the right viewpoint, we remember that there's always a chance that someone hidden from view may be approaching from an unexpected direction. We drivers always expect the unexpected. And wherever children might be near, we base our speed on being able to stop almost instantly if need be. When children are concerned, we look high and low, and sometimes beneath parked cars, we'll catch a warning glimpse of feet attached to a busy child. Of course, a sky viewpoint might be a great help to anyone. But we drivers certainly don't need to wait for our cars to fly before we can all be safer and more skillful at the wheel. All we need to do is to learn the knack of visualizing what's going on around us. With such a viewpoint, we'd find it easy to be more considerate of other drivers. With the viewpoint of being more courteous toward pedestrians, we'd grant them their rights and remember how often we are pedestrians ourselves. We'd be more understanding of the other driver's problems. And if traffic sometimes doesn't move to suit us, our overall viewpoint will remind us that there's almost always a good reason for the delay. we drive, experience and practice will help us in thinking and planning ahead. With very little effort, we can learn how to keep in our mind's eye a clear picture of just how the car we're driving fits into the scheme of things. All of us can use our mind's eye picture to make us better and more skillful drivers. With a better understanding of the rules of the road, and a new way of looking at what it takes to be safe. Then, on all our busy streets and highways, across the length and breadth of America, we drivers will have the right viewpoint to make the safest driving decisions every time. And since we're playing old films from school, here's a public service announcement from the 1950s. Warning students. Warning students in the 1950s about global warming? No. No, that wasn't, they, they hadn't made that up yet. Warning students about a bomb scare? No, we had those. They'd crawl under the desk. No. This is a public service announcement from the 1950s. Warning students about the homosexual. That looks innocent enough, doesn't it? 
Lots of young people hitchhike. Seems like a good way to get from one place to another. But sometimes there are dangers involved that never meet the eye. So no matter where you meet a stranger, be careful if they are too friendly. One never knows when the homosexual is about. Let's take the case of Jimmy Barnes. Jimmy played baseball all afternoon, and he didn't feel like walking home, so he decided to thumb a ride. He'd done it a hundred times before, and he didn't think anything was unusual when the driver struck up a friendly conversation. In fact, he seemed like a real nice guy. What Jimmy didn't know was that Ralph was sick, a sickness that was not visible like smallpox, but no less dangerous and contagious, a sickness of the mind. You see, Ralph was a homosexual, a person who demands an intimate relationship with members of their own sex. So no matter where you meet a stranger, be careful if they are too friendly, if they try to win your confidence too quickly, and if they become overly personal. One never knows when the homosexual is about. He may appear normal. I hope you are enjoying our podcast, and just know that I love to hear from you. You can email me through our website at michaelberryshow.com, and I read everyone, and I, I try to respond to everyone. I'm also appreciative that you support our sponsors. Our sponsor, our presenting sponsor for our podcast, it makes this all happen, is Gallery Furniture, Jim McInville. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give you a cell phone number, 281-844-1963. Say, hey, Mac, thanks for sponsoring Michael Berry's podcast. 